That was so awesome. I have felt an unusual liberty in the house today. I have felt such the presence of the Lord. And uh, the Lord said, uh, I hear it in my spirit, that while you were praising, things were breaking that you don't even know anything about. And I hear the Lord say, tell the people to praise me for what I'm doing behind the scenes right now. I don't know who that's for. But can somebody give God praise? Hallelujah. Man, I'm excited to teach today. If you're ready to learn, shout, bring it on. I've been talking to you about beyond. Who's ready to get beyond anything that the enemy has tried to establish in your life, beyond your past, beyond your failures, your wrong thinking, uh, your hurts, your pains, your fear, anything that happened to you? It's time to move beyond. And I just stopped by to tell you today, precious, that we serve a mighty God. And he's able to bring you beyond whatever the enemy wants to keep you trapped in. He's absolute in his authority. He's premier in his preeminence, y'all, he's unparalleled and unprecedented. He, he is mighty, he is matchless, he is unlimited in his lordship. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Hallelujah, he's a mighty God. And that's the God who promises you the abundant beyond life. Anybody glad that your God is all that, amen. So we're gonna learn today, I want you to go to John chapter five. I really want to see you live the life that God has called you to live because I'm going to tell you this, survival is overrated. Just surviving and barely getting by, struggles are overrated. How many of you want to live your life with victory and joy? I believe that's why Jesus came. So we're looking at John chapter 5. This is really one of my most favorite stories in the Bible. Now, it's my custom to stand for the reading of God's Word. I just do that because I reverence God's Word. It's, a, it's precious to me. The Bible said in John 5, 1, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent people. Not important, impotent. Come on, somebody. Heard about the guy that went to the doctor and the doctor told him he was impotent. So he went out and bought him a fancy car. And his wife said, what are you doing? He said, the doctor told me I was impotent, so I'm gonna start acting impotent. Come on, somebody. Y'all know that was funny. Important people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into a pool and stirred up the water, and then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew already that he had been in that condition for a long time. Somebody say a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming, another steps down in front of me and Jesus said, rise and take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. 
And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Can you imagine? Man's been crippled 38 years and they're mad because he's carrying his bed. Isn't that just like religious folk? Note the third verse. He said he was there and they were there lame, paralyzed, and waiting. How many of you believe God's got a great plan for your life? Come on, make a little noise if you believe God's got a plan for your life. They were waiting, and some of you have been waiting for too long. This is your season to step into your beyond moment. And I'm going to preach for a few minutes along these lines. What are you waiting for? Ask your neighbor, what are you waiting for? Father, thank you for your anointing. We raise our hands and ask you to teach us, lead us, and feed us. This is your time to shine, Jesus, through your word. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Amen. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to see this scene in your mind. Jesus comes to town for one of the many feasts, and he comes through the gate called the sheep gate or the dung gate. It was the stinky gate. It was the gate that the sheep came through, but Jesus comes through it. And I'm going to extract several points from this scripture that I just read, and I believe it's going to be life transforming for you. You by live stream, follow along with us on the app or, or, or take notes along with us right here in this room. But I, the first thing I want to show you is this. Jesus is drawn by need and he's able to move you beyond your issues. John 5, 2 through 5, it talks about the sheep gate. And by the sheep gate, there's a pool called in the Hebrew Bethesda. And it has five porches. I've been there many, many times, and it's something to see. It's a beautiful place, and, and I can imagine Jesus coming there. And the Bible said that there lay a great multitude of impotent people, blind and lame and paralyzed, waiting. Somebody say waiting. Waiting for the moving of the water. It said that a certain time an angel went down there, and he stirred the water. But what I want you to see in your eye is the fact that Jesus shows up right in the middle of all that need. He came to that Bethesda when he comes to town. He could have come through the Golden Gate or the Lion Gate or any gate, but he comes through this Sheep Gate. He comes right to the pool of Bethesda. This is a place of incomprehensible need, y'all. It's a place of struggle. It's a place of turmoil. Most religious leaders avoided this place at all costs. But Jesus shows up with the power to move people beyond their condition. Aren't you glad that Jesus can still move us beyond our condition? Aren't you glad that he still shows up in our trouble? He shows up in our struggle. He shows up in our pain. What I love about Jesus is that he, he, he chose to come to a place where there was the greatest need. He was attracted to where everyone else avoided. He was attracted to need. And I've come to tell you, beloved, that that's good news. The good news is Jesus is not repulsed by our needs. Jesus is not repulsed by our struggles. He's not turned off by our issues. Our issues don't turn him off. They actually turn him on. 
He, he, he's not turned off by our struggles. He has drawn to our struggles. He has touched with our struggles. He comes to our need. See, friends will act like they don't know you when you have trouble. People you thought you could rely on act like they don't know who you are when you have trouble, but not Jesus. He'll show right up in your need, right up in your depression, right up in your fear, right up in your doubt, right up in your sickness. He comes to your need. He's drawn to your need. It's just like me with my children. Man, my children always have access to me, but when they have a need, they really have access to me. When, when my children are struggling, I want to be there. Are there any moms and dads who know what I'm talking about? When your children are in trouble, you'll move heaven and earth to get to them. You'll do whatever it takes to get to them. You love your children all the time. But when they are in struggle, baby, you want to get to where they are and make a difference. That's the relentless, undying, unyielding love of Jesus. He shows up in this messed up mass of humanity where people are hurting. And the Bible said he went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed them. Get a hold of this fact. The Bible said he was moved with compassion. Compassion is a very powerful word. If you take it and split it up, the word calm means with. He was moved with passion. Notice this. Money didn't move Jesus. Accolades didn't move Jesus. Applause didn't move Jesus. Religious leaders didn't move Jesus. Compassion moved Jesus. He came because he cared. He was there because he cared. And the enemy wants to make you think that your needs are going to alienate you from the Lord. The enemy wants to make you think because you've struggled with pornography or you've struggled with sin or addiction or problems or depression because you're sick in your body, because you're troubled in your mind, that somehow Jesus wouldn't want anything to do with you. But it's the very fact that we have needs that brings him as the need meter to us. It is the very, it is my sickness that brings the healer. It is my depression that brings the joy giver. It is my desperation that brings the one who can pick me up out of the miry clay and set me back on the right path. Listen, I never liked my sickness, but without my sickness, I wouldn't know the healer. I never liked to be broke, but without being broke, I wouldn't know the blesser. If I didn't lose my way, I wouldn't know the way, the truth, and the life. I'm so glad to tell you today, the enemy thinks he's gonna kill you with your need. He thinks he's gonna destroy you with your struggle but Jesus said I let you get there just to show you that I would arrive right where you are and I love your struggle and all somebody give God praise if you're glad that Jesus loves a struggle and all He's moved with compassion in this story. And the Bible said in these there lay a great multitude of impotent people, blind and lame and paralyzed. And the King James Version said they were withered and waiting. They were withered and waiting for the moving of the water. Now the word impotent in the Greek, it's a very powerful word. It goes beyond just sickness. It means feeble, sick poor, struggling, with no power to change their own situation. You know, we, we find ourselves sometimes in seasons where we can't handle it, we can't fix it, we can't change it, we can't transform it, we can't heal it, we can't bless it, we can't restore it, we can't pick it up, we can't give it a new start, we can't give it a new beginning. But see, Jesus shows up, hallelujah. And when you can't change your own 
situation, he'll change it for you. You say, well, pastor, I can't change my children, but Jesus can. You say, pastor, I can't change my marriage, but Jesus can. You say, pastor, I can't change my doctor's report. Ask a man named Jonathan who had throat cancer, who I prayed for in the lobby, who was weeping and crying, and today he's cancer-free. I'm trying to tell you there's something about the name of Jesus. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. I've been preaching all week in California. I was in Modesto on Monday, and then I was in Oakland uh, later in the week preaching, and I preached to college students and leaders, and I had such an amazing time. But then on Friday night, on Friday night, I gathered in Oakland, California. If you know about Oakland, that's really the hood. Come on. I, I preached right there in Oakland, and I had the best time. Oakland was known as the killing field just a few years ago. It was one of the most violent communities, not just in America, but in the world. All kind of street shooting, all kind of gang banging. But I came in there and I preached in a building that was packed full of young people, packed full of gang bangers. But I began to stand up there and talk about Jesus. And in a moment, everybody was quiet. In a moment, they realized that they had needs that they couldn't handle. And by the end of that service, the altars were packed with those same kids that were rebellious, accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what happened? Did Jim Rayleigh walk in? Yeah, Jim Rayleigh came, but somebody greater than Jim Rayleigh was with Jim Rayleigh, and his name was Jesus. They were withered. They were waiting. They had no power to change their own situation, but the one who had the power to raise them up came right to where they were. I'm telling you, he'll come to your knee if it's in Oakland, California, or if it's on Wall Street, if it's on Fifth Avenue or Eighth Street. He'll come to where you are right in your knee. He showed up to move them beyond said that they were withered and waiting for the moving of the water. They were scorched. They were wasted. They were waiting. They were hoping for a change. Have you ever had times in your life when you were just hoping for something to change? Come on, wave at me if you've ever been there. I'm just hoping for it to change. I don't know how it's going to change, and they were there. In your life today, you have times when you are withered and waiting. There are some of you in this place, and, and, and I know you're here. You're healthy on the outside. You, you're healthy in the natural realm, but you're wasted and withered, and you're scorched because life has not been easy. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've dealt with struggles and wounds, and in the natural, you see no way out. You struggle to move beyond the mess, the betrayal, the hurt, the pain. You're here today and you've clapped and you've shouted and you danced and, and you talked about yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. You paid your tithe, but still inside, there's a gnawing. This still inside. You're withered and you're waiting, but you better hear me. Just as Jesus passed by that hurting multitude in John 5, he's passing by here today. Hallelujah. And he wants to let you you know he can move you beyond what happened, beyond what was done to you, beyond your problem, beyond your doubt, beyond your fear, beyond your sickness. He can save your children. He can restore your marriage. He can soothe your troubled mind. He can make a way right out of nowhere. He'll pick you right up out of a mess and give you a brand new beginning. He'll take you up when nobody else will have anything to do with you. He's passing by today. He's drawn to your need. Give him praise if you believe it in the room. 
when Jesus showed up, check this out, mercy showed up. And what I want to show you today is this. Number two, Jesus gives mercy unconditionally. Do you have friends that do for you, but everything they do for you has a string attached to it? Well, let me talk to this side. Do you have family members? Preach Pastor Rayleigh. Everything they do for you has conditions on it. There are some people, everything they do for you is, is conditional. But Jesus shows up and he gave mercy unconditionally. The Bible said that in Jerusalem there's a sheep gate which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda. Now, now the word Bethesda means house of mercy. It literally, if you transliterate it, and like I said, I've been there many times, it means house of mercy or house of grace. And Jesus shows up in the middle of all that giving mercy and grace unconditionally. You see, at that place it was called a house of mercy, but it really wasn't mercy that was unconditional. There were certain conditions you had to meet in order to receive the healing and the mercy that was offered at the pool. What were the conditions? Well, just read the record. The Bible said an angel went down at a certain time. You, you had to be there at a certain time. You, you had to be there at the right moment. A certain time means an appointed time. It means at the right time the angel came, and if you wasn't there at the right time, then it wasn't gonna happen to you. And it said as long as you were first, the Bible said that, that you had to be first at a certain time in, in, in John 4, in John 5, 4. First means first in time, first in place, first in position. But hear me in this room. They could experience healing, but they had to meet conditions. They could experience a house of mercy, but they had to meet conditions. How many churches do we call and declare as houses of mercy, but in reality, the mercy is conditional. You have to look like me. You have to act like me. You have to sing like me. You have to dress like me. You gotta be my skin color. Y'all ain't saying a whole lot, but I'm gonna keep preaching. You have to worship just like me. You have to behave just like me. You have to act, you have to vote like I vote. Act like I act. Respond like, oh, it's quiet in here, but I'm gonna keep right on preaching. You have to be just like me, or you can't hang out with me. Yet there's mercy in the house, but it is conditional mercy. But let me tell you something. You've come into a Bethesda today. This is a house of mercy. It doesn't matter how jacked up you are. We don't care what color you are. We don't care if you rode in a bus or a Bentley. We don't care how you got here, baby. There is mercy in the house for everybody in the house. It is not conditionary. It is supernaturally given by God. Aren't you glad for mercy that is unconditional? Push your neighbor and say, you better be glad. You better be glad with your routed self. You better be glad with your lost self. You better be glad with all the junk you had in your trunk. You better be glad with all the issues you had. You better be glad with that attitude you had. You better be glad with that behavior you had. You better be glad, oh God help me Jesus. You better find the praise in your heart when you think about the fact that you never could be good enough for the mercy anyway. You got it because you didn't deserve it. Give him a shout if that's why you're here. 
That's why you can't get uppity in church. I said, that's why you can't get up and in. Strut around with your nose in the air. Hallelujah. That's why you can't get mad when people praise the Lord around you. That's why you can't get mad when somebody loses their mind like happened in first service when somebody just fell weeping while I was preaching on the mercy of God, began to weep and cry. That's why you can't get uppity. The truth is, if God had done for you what he did for them, you might be worshiping too. You might be praising too. You might be shouting too. Can I remind you something? Can I just say something to you today in love? Don't get offended by somebody's praise because the truth is they ain't praising you. It ain't got nothing to do with you. You didn't do for them what he did for them. They stepped in to unconditional mercy. And when you step into that kind of mercy, you get a little bit crazy when you praise. I dare somebody who has stepped into unconditional mercy, give the Lord a little praise right now. Don't get uppity. Come on, I said don't get uppity. Don't strut around coming here knowing that we're only in this Bethesda because it is a house of mercy. Let me tell you something, if you want to go to a church where everybody is the same, everybody is religious, everybody is perfect, you in the wrong church on the wrong Sunday, you say, well, Pastor, I'm going to find me a perfect church. Well, let me tell you something, baby, when you find one, they ain't going to let you in because you will jack the whole thing up when you come through the door. But let me tell you, when I'm not strong enough, he's strong enough. When I'm not big enough, he's big enough. When I can't get there first, he'll put me to the front of the line. Hallelujah. Ah. Because mercy is not based on position. Mercy is based on condition. If it was based on position, there wouldn't be any of us here. Hey, you got to be good enough. You got to be this enough. You got to be that enough. But make a little noise if you're glad that he just came to my condition. He showed up in my mess. Tell your neighbor, say, hey, neighbor, you sit there, but I need 10 seconds to give him praise for every mess he turned into a miracle. Yeah, 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 yeah. For every mess that he turned into a message. For every problem that he turned into a praise. Ah. These people there, see them now, they're in mass. They're in mass and in a mess. What does that tell you? That tells you jacked up people hang out together. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to stay there a minute. Some of you have been hanging out with jacked up people. You've been hanging out with people who got the same struggles as you. Why don't you find somebody who's an overcomer? Why don't you connect to somebody who serves him and loves him and believes him? I could stay there, but I'm getting so much revelation right here. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he's at the Bethesda, the house of mercy, the pool of mercy. 
And here's what the Bible says about Jehovah God in Ephesians 2, 4, but the Lord is rich. God is rich in mercy, rich in mercy, rich in mercy, rich. God is loaded. He is like a bazillionaire. When it comes to mercy, he is like a bazillionaire. You say, what is a bazillionaire? It's more than a babillionaire. In other words, he never runs out of mercy. You will run out of problems before he runs out of mercy. You will run out of sin before he runs out of mercy. You will run out of sickness before he runs out of mercy. You will run out of addiction before he runs out of mercy. You will run out of depression before he, oh Jesus. I, I have felt this thing all morning long and I tried to get first service there and they looked at me a little bit but I feel something in this final service that there are some of you that are tracking and you know you're only here because he's rich in mercy. One, two, three, give him a praise in here. He's rich in mercy. No matter how lost your children are, no matter how messed up your marriage is, no matter how many times you've fallen, you'll run out of problems before he runs out of mercy. Oh, glory to God. Now, God enables us to move beyond our struggles and our problems and our past and our limitations, not because he de we deserve it, but because of his great mercy. The third thing I wanna show you is this. Jesus knows what keeps us living from living the beyond life that he's called us to live. The Bible said now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 30 and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, check this out, he knew already that he had been in that condition for a long time. Tell your neighbor, he already knows. Yeah, he already knows. That stuff you've been trying to front and act like it ain't happening. He already knows. Lord Jesus, oh, that you, I'm gonna pray the prayer of Jabez. You bless me indeed, enlarge my borders. Keep my hands from evil, keep me from harm, keep me from doing harm. Lord, I'm just gonna pray today. I wanna pray about my family, God. I'm praying for a new car, God. I'm just praying today. And then you got all this stuff over here. You got that woman on the side. You got that side chick. You got that booty call you've been making. Oh, it, it's quiet in here. You got that attitude you've been having. You got, this, you got that website you've been going to. I'm not gonna tell you about that, God, cause you don't know. I'm gonna keep that kind of on the side cause you ain't, are you kidding me? He already knows the junk that you've been dealing with. Why don't you just say, God, I do need your blessings, but I need to be delivered from this side chick right here. <laughs> Preach, Pastor Rayleigh. He already knows the struggle. Before you ever even come before him, he knows what the struggle is. Just put it out there and say, God, I am in the midst of a struggle and I need your help. Hallelujah. That's what mercy is all about. Don't hide what he already knows. but he won't heal it if you don't acknowledge it. Jesus began to talk to the man and he reached out to the man, but Jesus cared for him. Je Jesus cared for him when he saw him. He saw the man lying there. He knew the man was in desperate need and Jesus initiated the relationship. 
That's what I love about Jesus. Jesus initiates relationships with struggling people like you and me. And he still does that today. Jesus sees your conditions and he'll reach out to you. The Bible said in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Casting all your care, that's the act of releasing a burden. It's the act of saying, God, I can't carry this by myself. So I give it to you. Jesus cares about you. Hear me in the room. Hebrews 4.15 says he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That means he cares about us when we struggle. He cares, y'all. He understands. You say, well, pastor, how does he understand? You see, Jesus knows what it is to be wounded because he's been wounded. He knows what it is to be betrayed because he's been betrayed. He's been abandoned. He's been abused. He's been talked about. He's been forsaken. There's not one part of the human condition that Jesus hasn't experienced and he understands. Somebody say understands. Look at the word understand. It is actually two words. It means to get under and help stand. Come here, Pastor Josh. It means to literally get under and help stand. Jesus understands. Somebody say under. Say under. Stand. Jesus will get under you when you are struggling. He understands. He gets under you and helps you stand. See, the truth is you've had some folk walk out on you. You've had some relationships that aren't with you anymore. They never understood you anyway. They never were under you helping you stand. They were never on your side. They were never for you. They never wanted you to win. They never wanted you to overcome. But Jesus said, I understand. I'm going to get under you and help you stand. Is there anybody in this room today only because Jesus got under me and helped me stand? I wouldn't even be here. I need about a thousand people or more. That's just that not all of you, but just a thousand of you. Give God a praise if you're glad that he got under you and helped you stand. This is why you cannot overreact when people walk out on you because they were never understanding you anyway. Hallelujah. He, he, he's here right now because he understands you. He's here and he will help you move beyond. But the fourth thing, see, Jesus gives an opportunity, but the man had to own the moment. Tell your neighbor, own the moment. He had to own the moment. Look at what the man says. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew he had already, already been there in that condition for a long time, Jesus said, do you want to be made well? And do you there, it means you desire, you determine, are you ready to be made well? Jesus said, are you tired of your present condition? Do you want to be transformed? And he said, do you want to be made well? The King James Version said, do you want to be made whole? He, he said, I'm not just going to make you well. He said, I'm going to make you whole. I'm not just going to deal with one issue. Eh, I'm going to deal with all your issues. He said, I'm going to make you whole. I'm going to deal with your body, your spirit, your soul, your finances, your mind, your family, your issues, your attitudes. Oh, I feel like preaching. I'm glad I serve a God that will make me whole. 
He is ambidextrous. He, he is as good as on his left as he is on his right. He is just as much deliverer as he is healer. He is just as much savior as he is provider. Ain't one thing hard for the Lord to do. Is there anything too hard for the Lord to do? Baby, if he can save you, he can save your children. If he can set one crack addict free, he can set another one free. God said, I came to make you whole. Make a little bit of noise if you're glad that he'll make you whole. We get so zeroed in that we say, God, just do this. God said, no, baby. I not only do this, I do that. And I'll do that. And I'll do that. And I'll save that son. And I'll deliver that daughter. And I'll bless that finances. And I'll heal that body. And I'll free you from that past. And I'll deliver you from that hurt. And oh, Jesus. Somebody give him praise if you're glad. Now listen. Jesus knows what we need even when we don't. Can you hear me, young lady? Things that you've been breaking your neck trying to figure out, he already knows. He's omniscient. Omniscient is two words, omniscience. Omni, all, science, knowledge. He knows it all. What you've been trying to break your neck to figure out, he already knows it. And, and so Jesus stands before this jacked up joker. Y'all don't get religious on me. Because you've been a jacked up joker too, just like me. I mean, I wish I was deeper and, you know, and, you're suffering from a dramatic dislocation of your emotional processes, your inability to cope with. I wish I was that kind of preacher. No, I'm the jacked up joker preacher, come on. Because I think the world is full of jacked up jokers. <laughs> People that need the Lord. Who's been a jacked up joker in the past? You, you, you see that this man, <laughs> this man's condition is so much more than physical. He says, when, 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 when the angel comes, I ain't got nobody to put me in the water. Somebody steps out in front of me, making me mad, Jesus. Makes me upset. See, this man, he messed up because he answers the question in a wrong way. Jesus said, Jesus said, uh, what do you need? Some man is always getting in front of me, Lord. I didn't ask you if some man got in front of you. That, that when the angel comes and stirs the water, this man gets in front of me, Jesus. I'm telling you, Lord, I was, I was trying. I was trying to get out there in front of that one. I was, I was almost there. I was about to put my toe in that water. And I'm telling you, somebody jumped right in front of me, and they got in that water. I that path. I'm just, I, Jesus, they messed me all up. I said, wouldn't be for that man. I, Jesus, I didn't ask you that. I asked you, what did you need? See, see, the man started rehearsing his problem. He blamed his circumstances. He blamed people around him. But Jesus said, I'm giving you a moment right here. I'm asking you what you need. I he said, he said well, I'm telling you what happens. What happened was last time, what happened was, come on, y'all, the last time that the angels 
stirred, stirred the water that some man got in front of me and just messed me up. And Jesus stands before him and said, boy, do you know who's standing in front of you? I'm the one who made the water. I'm the one who made the angel that stirs the water and now I'm about to stir you up. What do you need? She's helping me preach up in here. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, what do you need? No, oh, I'm gonna have to stop right here and talk to somebody. What do you need? My children can't be saved because somebody did this. My, 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 my daughter is bitter. My, my son is a, no, I'm not asking you what their problem is. I'm asking you, what do you need? The King of glory is in the house. What do you need? At some point, you, you, you must own the moment. Jesus said, what do you need? Already knowing what he needed. But there's something powerful. I'm getting so much revelation, I'm going to have to come down here and give it to you. <laughs> I'm going to have to come down here and give it to you. He said, what do you need? He wanted the man to tell him what he needed. Oh God, I'm about to throw my shoe. I hope that's in good. Lord, help us, Jesus. He, he, he told the man, he said, what do you need? He wanted the man to articulate what he needed. He wanted the man to tell him what he needed. Why, Courtney, did he want the man to tell him what he needed? He wanted the man to tell him what he needed so when the need was met, the man would know how to give him praise. He could have healed the man right then and there, but it wasn't until the man said, here's what I need, and then when it came to pass, he jumped up giving God praise. See, sometimes you gotta say, this is what I need, so God can touch you where you are, and you give him praise. Uh. Ask your neighbor, say what you need. What do you need? What do you need? When he does it, I want you to break your neck giving him all the glory. What, what do you need? Not, not what is keeping you from your answer. What do you need? Jesus said to him, rise and take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. Well, in one translation, whole in the other. And he walked and that day was the Sabbath and religious people got mad and they still do today. Get, get, give me your jacket. This man had been laying in his mess, laying in it. Just in case I need to call you. He had been laying for 38 years, laying. I can't, every time I try to go, 
Every time I try to go, somebody gets in front of me. I've been like this for 38 years. He's laying in self-pity. Beyond is right in front of him. He's laying in depression. Beyond is right in front of him. He's laying in his pain. Jesus said, rise. What? <laughs> no, the water's not stirring. Rise, sir. The, the, no, where's the angel? Rise. Hold up. I didn't see no angel. I didn't see no water. Is it stirring? Hey, y'all see any stirring over there? Rise. Rise. Take up your bed. The thing you've been wallowing in. The thing you've been laying in. Now you're going to carry it. Huh. How many of you carry some things you used to lay in? Oh, I wish I could talk to real people. I said, how many of you carry some of the stuff you used to lay in? I used to lay in that pity. I used to lay in that insecurity. I used to lay in that doubt. I used to lay in that sin. But now he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And listen, religious people may not understand it. They may not understand why you act the way you act, but God has brought you so far. And I, and I, and I close with this. The man said, be seated, y'all, be seated. The man said, I have nobody to put me in the pool when the angel comes to trouble the water. The man didn't realize that he needed to own the moment. You won't get beyond if you don't own the moment. You're waiting for somebody to do it for you. You're waiting for somebody to make it happen for you. And you blaming your mother-in-law, you blaming who hurt you when you were little, you blaming, your, your, you know, come on. Behind every successful son-in-law is a surprise mother-in-law. Can I get a witness in the house? You, you blaming your friends, you're blaming your family, you're blaming your condition, you're blaming your situation, you're blaming your nature, you're blaming how you were raised. When Jesus says, hey, rise up, take up your bed and walk. He said, I, I have nobody to help me when the, when the water is troubled. Now, the, water, the word trouble there, it literally means to agitate. Huh? It means to stir. It means to make restless. It means to contend with. And here's what I heard the Holy Ghost say, and I've got to close, but I heard the Holy Ghost say this. In this next season, how many of you want to move beyond? Come on, make a little noise if you want to move beyond. Here, here it is. The Lord said, in this next season, I'm going to trouble what's been troubling you. The, the Lord said, I'm about to trouble what's been troubling you. I'm about to deal with what's been dealing with you. I'm about to agitate what's been agitating you. I'm about to move what's been moving you. I'm about to stir what's been stirring you. I'm about to deal with what's been dealing with you. The Bible said, I will contend with what contends with you. Make some noise if you're ready for the Lord to contend with what's contending with you. The last thing, that man had been 
in that condition for 38 years. And Jesus comes up and he said, one day longer is one day too long. It's time to move beyond. So my question is this. What are you waiting for? You've been carrying it for years. What are you waiting for? You've carried that insecurity for years. What are you waiting for? You've carried that pain of that, what that man did to you, what that uncle did to you. What? Come on. You, you've carried the pain of that failure, that abortion, that, 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 that sexual sin that you fell into. You've carried the pain of that issue, that way you behave. You've carried it for years. You're carrying something right now. You're carrying an addiction, and you say, well, you know, my, I'm telling you, I want to be free, but every time I try to get free, there's the drug dealer on the corner. It ain't his fault. Every time I try to get free, she calls me. Well, block her phone number. You don't understand, Pastor. I go to school, and I'm, I'm at Mainland, and it's hard, and I want to live right, but nobody lives right. I, I want to be free, but nobody be, is, is free. Let me tell you something. But my friends, Pastor, can I say this to you, young person? Your friends didn't die for you, and your friends ain't coming back for you. You're breaking your neck trying to impress people in high school. You're breaking your neck trying to impress people that in 10 years you won't even hardly know who they are. How many of y'all are out of high school and you know what I'm talking about? What are you waiting for? I want, I want more joy. What are you waiting for? I want peace. What are you waiting for? I want to walk in a, new, in, a, in, a, in a new way before the Lord. What are you waiting for? Rise and take, but, 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 but no, 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 rise. But, but I got to, no, no, rise. But he, but, rise. But he heard me, but rise. But she walked down, but rise. And take up your bed. It's time for you to carry. Yeah. What you've been laying in. Our excuses, they're like our comfort. Our excuses, they soothe us. But God said the day for excuses are over. What are you waiting for? Ask your neighbor, what are you waiting for? Give the Lord a praise if you've heard the word. No matter how I fall, you pick me up again. You have removed my shame. You take me as I am. You call me justified. Now I am covered by no matter what I've done. No matter where I've been, no matter how I fall, you pick me up again. You have removed my, just you, John. You take me as I am. 
call me justified. Come on, bring those words on the screen. No matter what I've done, no matter what. Oh, no matter where. You pick me up again. You have removed my shame. In Jesus something, y'all. How many of you got something out of the Word today? Man, so powerful. Nobody move for just a moment. If you start to leave, I have somebody with a BB gun in the balcony and they'll shoot you on the way out. I'm going to give you life keys Wednesday night. Life keys. It'll show you how to live beyond. It's one thing to talk about beyond. It's another way to learn the steps that will move you into the moment. But we've learned something today. We've learned some powerful truth. And you need to own this moment. With heads bowed and eyes closed, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Oh, He's here. He's been here since the beginning. Man, praise God in this house. 
What a wonderful second service crowd. I knew something special was coming in this service. The enemy fought me getting here. I was so dizzy and I thought, man, we must be going to have church today. I felt sick. I feel pretty good right now. Praise the Lord. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this room right now and you'd say, Pastor, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. I want to say yes to Jesus today. There's some things in your life that have kept you trapped in a season that you're not supposed to be in. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, if there's sin in your life, if there's indifference in your life, if you're not where you need to be with Jesus, and you'd say, Pastor, since you're praying, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, when I count to three, raise your hand. Are you ready? I'm not, I'm not where I need to be, Pastor. One. There's things in my life that ought not be there, Pastor. Two. Since you're praying, Pastor, pray for me. Three. Slip that hand up right now. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Hands in every section. If you raise that hand, hold it up. Hold it up. Don't put it back down. This is you stepping into a new season. This is you saying yes. This is you owning this moment. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hand, raise it now. Five, four, three, two, one. If you raised your hand and you really meant it from your heart, you're ready to leave anything that would separate you from Jesus behind. I'm going to ask you to do something. You won't do it by yourself. There'll be droves that will come. I want you to come and stand right here in the front. Let me pray with you. I'm asking you to take a step of faith. I'm asking you to own the moment. If somebody next to you raised their hand, I want you to move out of your seat, kind of move back so they can come. I want you to begin to move right now. If somebody next to you is apprehensive about coming, if you know Jesus, you get them by the hand and you bring them. Why don't you clap all over the room? It's going to be big today, I'm telling you. It's going to be big today. It says it's going to be big today. It's going to be big today. Come on down, honey. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands, everybody? Yeah, God's not through and he's not through with you. Hallelujah. Oh, look at him still coming, praise the Lord. Oh, bring them whole family, bring them kids. Look at these kids coming. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Everybody to take your hand and place it on your heart right now. No more excuses. Okay? No more excuses. No more excuses. No more excuses. We don't have nobody to blame. Not if Jesus loves us like he says he does. And I believe he does. All you out there talking to you, talking to me. No more excuses. Come on, say that. Say no more excuses. I'm going to own the moment. (laughs) This is a moment right here that you guys are having. Hand on your heart. Will you raise this other hand? This is a hand that is surrendering to the Lord. I want everybody in the room to pray this prayer after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, here I am, just as I am, in need of mercy. And Lord, I'm in a Bethesda. I'm in a house of mercy. 
take my heart. Do with it what you would. Forgive me for my sins. My way isn't working. But your way is better. And today I choose your way. (laughs) Give me a new beginning. Give me a fresh start. Change my life. Change me. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. All you folks, I want you to reach over and touch your neighbor on the shoulder. Just touch your neighbor on the shoulder. I want all you precious people to turn and go this way. What's this man's name right here? Lord, I speak healing into angel right now. I just call healing and strength over you, angel, for the glory of God. I encourage you, my friend, in the name of Jesus. You guys turn and go right this way. I have a little something for you right here in the chapel. Will you do that for me? Amen. I want you to hold that neighbor's shoulder. Pastor Troy is going to close us in prayer. But listen, I need you to come to, to, to the prayer service Thursday night for National Day of Prayer. Please come and pray with me. And let's show the church, this whole church in all of Daytona, that we love everybody, right? And we, we invite those churches in, and we're going to be praying across the nation. And Wednesday night, Pastor Troy, I'm going to give the keys, the tools to walking in the beyond season. Give the Lord an amen if you got anything out of his word today. I love you. Come on, Pastor Troy. All right. Just remind you again of Thursday night prayer, 7 o'clock, right here in the sanctuary. Pastors and people are going to come all over the city. It's going to be a great time together. Don't forget the women's breakfast on Saturday morning. Go in the back in the garage and get your ticket if you haven't got it already. And remember also we had a new album that just came out. Most of you may know that. It's called What a Love, right by original song by our team. It's available in the middle of the lobby. There's a DVD and a CD in the same packet for $15. If you want to get that, you can get it right in the middle of the lobby. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God. God, for speaking your word into our hearts. God, we take it seriously. Lord, we take it to heart, knowing that you spoke to us. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you spoke to us in the building, but you will continue to speak to us when we walk out of the building. And we'll take this word with us and revolutionize and change our lives. And we thank you for giving it to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Remember, if you are a guest, go to the middle and out to the left side. Pastor Riley's waiting to talk to you. Love you. See you Wednesday night.